Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Ziviverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Ziviverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZiviOwens.com to learn more and follow me on Instagram at ZiviOwens. Kristen Hanna is the author of The Women, a novel. Kristen is the award-winning number one New York Times bestselling author of more than 20 novels. Her last book, The Four Winds, was the biggest-selling hardcover fiction title of 2021. Her previous novels, The Four Winds, The Great Alone, The Nightingale, and Firefly Lane were all named Goodreads Best Historical Fiction, and her international blockbuster, The Nightingale, won the coveted People's Choice Award for Best Fiction and was a selection of Reese's Book Club in 2023 and named Best Book of the Year by Amazon, iTunes, BuzzFeed, The Wall Street Journal, Paste, and The Week. In 2018, The Great Alone became an instant New York Times number one bestseller, as did The Four Winds when it was published in February of 2021, as well as becoming number one on The Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and Indie Bookstore's bestseller lists. It was selected as a book club pick by both The Today Show and The Book of the Month Club, which named it the best book of 2021. Firefly Lane, her beloved novel about two best friends, was the number one Netflix series around the world in the week it came out. 
a former attorney, Kristen lives in the Pacific Northwest. And by the way, since this was recorded, there was a huge deal announced for the film rights of the women. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss the women. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's fabulous to uh, see you again. And I just want to say we just saw each other actually not too long ago in LA. And how fun was that? So I'm excited to sit down and talk to you about the next book. And congratulations. I just saw that Burst made the Joyce Carol Oates long list. So congratulations on that. That's very exciting. I know. That was so exciting. I'm so happy for Mary. She really deserves that. And yeah. It's, yeah, that was so, it was so lovely. This whole publishing, you know, it's like so unpredictable. You're like, (laughs) you just never know what's going to happen next. Something good, something bad, like what you expected, what you didn't expect, right? I mean, you've been through this, like... I've been through this like for a couple of decades and, (laughs) you know, it's all sort of, you know, there's, there's all the drama that goes around with it and, and social media has both helped us. And I think in some ways hurt us in terms of, you know, getting message out and what the messaging is and, and how we as publishers and authors are able to control our own narrative. But the most important thing and what lasts day in, day and year in, year out is the content. Mm. And so, you know, if you publish a book you believe in or you write a book you believe in, sometimes it works when it comes out. Sometimes it works 10 years later. You know, you never know. Uh, so I think the important thing is to just keep putting the message and the stories that you want out into the world. Yeah. That is really good advice. I saw a post yesterday or two days ago from Anne Napolitano who's re-releasing this book that she wrote. Did you see that? Uh-huh. And I'm like, see, you know, you just don't know. You have a book come yeah. out and then 20 years later, you become like a huge thing and then out comes the book. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're just honestly ahead of the market, ahead of your time you know, or you haven't quite found your voice, you know, look at Rebecca Yaros and the fourth wing and now all of her backlist, you know, coming back in. And so that's the most important thing I say to young writers, you know, just, just don't give up as long as you stay in the game and keep writing. You have a really good shot at, at someday getting some version of what you dream of. Wow. Well, you've had you know, a, a unique career and longevity, <laughs> yeah. big hits, you know, you, you, TV. And, I mean, it's amazing, like all the things and going through various, you know, ebbs and flows of your own. I mean, pretty flow, but, you know, still. Mm, you know, flows. I mean, it, it, you don't do this for as long as I have without sort of getting through all of it. And I guess that's life, right? I mean, I think people would think that someone like you like it would, it's easy, like that you don't have to worry <laughs> that you don't worry about new books coming out. Like I remember we were emailing and you're like, you know, do you like it? I'm like, does she really, is she really <laughs> w- wondering if I'm liking her book? Like seriously? And I, of course, yes. But I'm like, you know, y- y- it doesn't go away. No. And it doesn't change. You know, it really, I think too, you find a core group of people. I mean, you know, yes, you really want to hear what readers have to say, but I came of age in a time when you never heard. You know, so for 20 years, I didn't know what anyone thought except a handful of reviewers and, you know, whatever readers I met in bookstores. So you kind of develop a group of core readers. And so when I meet someone like you, who who I think not only has their finger on the pulse of 
of what the market is doing and what people are looking for and is out talking to people who are generally my readers. It is important for me to know like what you think of it, even though I know that it's it's really difficult to say, well, I didn't like this one. You know, I mean, so it's it's a it's a difficult conversation sometimes. <laughs> Well, I was I was actually just talking to my team about your book at, at lunch before I came up here to talk to you because I was like, you know, because I, I started reading this whenever it was that I got the yeah. guy. I, was, I like couldn't wait to start. And I'm like, every scene is still like etched in my brain. Like that's a unique skill. Like I can picture the whole thing from before the war to when they were, when she got to the first bed to when they went to the wilderness, not the wilderness, you know, yeah. like the deeper yeah. jungle, so to speak. Like yeah. all of these are such scenes so imprinted. You don't always get that. You can get a feeling from like looking at a book, but you don't always get like the movie of it like so clearly. And that's because that's the way you write. Like you, you like, you know, teleport the scenes so brilliantly into someone else's mind. Well, that's actually something I work really hard at and try to do. And I think it is a byproduct of my geek youth and and my still bent towards fantasy and epic you know i really love world building and one of the reasons i think i went to historical after years of writing contemporaries was i wanted to be able to recreate a time and place that was sort of outside the realms of my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And that's just really important because as you know, the, the point of my books and this book more than most, because I had a kind of an agenda here, the point is to make you feel something, to learn something and to feel something. And I, I don't think readers can really feel things that they can't envision. Mm -hmm. So, and and I really, you know, one of the things I've done really since Nightingale particularly, but I'm trying to, in my own small way, create empathy mm -hmm. to to get readers to stand in someone else's shoes and think about life or hardship a little bit differently, a little more personally. I think that's one of the great gifts that fiction offers us. I completely agree. And we need that now more than ever. 100%. You're absolutely right. Okay, so the women itself. For those who don't know what the, for those who don't know what the women is about, now that we've sort of reversed this whole conversation, yeah, Kristen, what is the women about? Well, the women is about the nurses, the young women in nineteen in the nineteen sixties who volunteered to serve in the Vietnam War, and it's their their story of both going to war and coming home and and what it was like. And interestingly enough, I first pitched this book to my editor in 1997. And my then, you know, very smart editor said, you aren't old enough and you aren't good enough. Come back when you are. And she was a Vietnam era. She went to Berkeley during that time period. So I really took that to heart. And, and she was absolutely right. It took me a long time to come back and to feel that the world was ready for a book about Vietnam mm -hmm. and that a book was ready about for the women, you know, of Vietnam. And this whole era is so much a part of my childhood. I came of age during this time when the, the U.S. was just 
broken in half and, you know, and everybody was angry and, and all of this was going on. And in large part, Americans, you know, did not embrace the Vietnam vets when they came home. And so I watched all of this as sort of someone who was the age of the kids whose dads went to Vietnam. Wow. And so how did you know you were ready to do it now? Well, interestingly enough, you know, the I turned the four wins in, in final, all done, put to bed in March of 2020. So sort of the very start of the pandemic. And I actually, following that, wrote a synopsis for another book and turned it in and sold it and sat down to write it. And I don't know if it was the claustrophobia, you know, the way we all felt when we were locked down, because here in Seattle, we were full on locked down for quite some time. And I all of it, you know, one day I was talking to my girlfriend and I was complaining, saying, I don't want to write the book I just sold. And she said, well, you, you know, you've been waiting 20 years for Vietnam. Why don't you do it? And I thought, this is the moment. I I can't do anything else. I can't leave. I, I can immerse myself in the level of research that was frankly frightening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it came at a very good time. And it sort of is what helped me survive the pandemic. Because like the four winds, I was reading about these women who had survived so much. And then there was the corollary too, you know, they were nurses and I was watching the nurses in the pandemic be exhausted and overrun and underappreciated. And so it just all seemed to be the moment to come back to this. Wow. I mean, after your deep dive into nursing and all of it, what do you feel like you didn't know before that really, whether you're doing it in wartime and the scenes that you depict are so, you know, sometimes, you know, quite graphic, detailed, like very visual, as I said, you know, almost like, as you said, books that make you feel, I mean, this one, you're like almost holding your stomach in some of the scenes, right? Cause it's like, oh my yes. gosh, there's a lot of blood there, you know, but that's good. I like books that make yes. you feel, you know, so but you know, for someone who is not trained as a nurse or a doctor or in the medical field, like, what have you come away with? Like, are you just like ready to throw your arms around every nurse you meet and give them a huge hug? Like, what what is it like for you? Yes, I'm, I mean, and it sort of is even bigger than that because when you're talking about these particular women, the nurses who went to Vietnam, you're talking about women, as you know, from reading the book, who are, you know, 20, 19, 20, 21 in 1965, just following the conformity of the 50s and the expectation that there's one course for women, right? But also many of them, the children of proud World War II veterans. And so they had, you know, grown up on stories of, of military service in their family and And so, you know, these young nurses with no training go off into war thinking that it will be one way, of course, and then finding that that war is not something, you know, easily contained. And and like my heroine, many of these women are out in the jungle. They're in mass units. They're in combat units and sort of and then seeing so how after they get all that experience and all and they become these exceptional nurses 
they come back home to a country that doesn't welcome them and to a male-driven medical system that doesn't value their new experience. And so it kind of feels like it's not just about nursing. It's about it's about women and it's about how we are treated in the larger context. And so that was particularly interesting to see. And then I was so, I mean, it's a longer story, but I was so honored to be able to go to Washington, D.C. this year for the 30th anniversary of the Women's Vietnam War Memorial. And I met a lot of these nurses. And what a remarkable group of women and and the things that they have accomplished upon coming home, even with dealing with all of the psychological trauma and aftermath of war was so amazing. And I'm just really excited, I guess, for this book to come out and for, you know, people to to be more aware of their service and to include them and to thank them. You know, every time I look at anything that's going on for Veterans Day, year after year after year, it's the men, the men, the mm-hmm. men, the men, the men. And I think it's just time that we start remembering the, you know, hundreds of thousands of female veterans as well. Yeah. And how, I mean, they played such... A critical role. The, mm-hmm. the, they could not have, the doctors could not have done all of the things. It would have been impossible, right? So, right. and the fact that, like you said, when they came back, it, their service didn't translate. Like they had to go get recertified or certified to yes. begin. I mean, that was, yeah. that like blew my mind. It was shocking, wasn't it? Yeah. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So unfair. And then you also involve, you know, love and flirtation and, you know, devastation and loss and longing and, you know, all of those great, you know, human feelings that connect in a romantic way, so to speak. Tell me about that and, you know, the intensity. You know, it's almost like when you're, 
I don't know, finishing a big project at work or school or something and like you're in it with someone, you know, it's like the proximity and intensity of the experience makes you that much closer, you know, the way that your characters became in the book. Well, I think that's sort of two-pronged. I would argue that in a way, the great love story of this book is the three women who become best of friends in the middle of all of this. And I mean, this really is a book that has sort of friendship as the beating heart of it, even though it's about so much more. But my main character, Frankie, she becomes friends with, you know, uh, Barb and Ethel over in Vietnam. And that's a friendship that buoys and sustains Frankie for really the entirety of the book, more than her parents. She's lost her brother. And so that is sort of the fundamental relationship that that keeps her going and picks her up and pushes her on the straight and narrow. But of course, there's also, there's multiple, Frankie has multiple love stories in this book. And it was always really interesting to me as the writer to sort of throw out there, which of these is real? Which do you think Mm -hmm. is the real love story? Who loves her the way she deserves to love? And does she, is she a good partner for Mm -hmm. some of these people? Because there are times when, you know, Frankie is dealing with the aftermath of war and it's actually breaking her down because she's trying to do what society and her parents are telling her, which is forget about this and just go on, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll be fine. And she finds that she can't quite be fine. And so that really impacts, you know, she, she falls in love with a doctor at the, at her first, where she's first stationed and he's married. And then she falls in love with another guy who, has issues of his own <laughs> and 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 so she just like goes through trying to i think prove that that she is lovable that she can love and i think she is really looking for what we're all looking for which is that deep connection mm-hmm. and she was raised to believe in motherhood and and children and thinking that that's the the path her life should be wow i mean when you spend a day writing and you're in one of these intense moments, pre-war, post-war. I mean, how do you, I'm, I'm always fascinated, like how you toggle between that and like, you know, getting up to make coffee or something. <laughs> oh, real life, you mean? Yeah, real life. <laughs> well, you know, for me, and you must be the same way. I mean, for me, writing is a job. I mean, this is my career. This is what I do. So it's like everything else. It's about scheduling. It's about to the extent that you can, you maintain that schedule. And when you're in your work time, you work. And, you know, so I'm not one. I don't light a bunch of candles. I don't listen to a lot of music. I, you know, I go and I write, which is, by the way, I write longhand on yellow legal pads. So wherever I am, I can write. And what I tend to do in terms of the intensity and how how it actually happens, I write really, really long involved scenes. So like any one of these scenes that you could pick in the hospital or 
you know, later on, anything that's really intense, a loss moment, it probably started out as a 35 page scene that had everything in it. And then I slowly pare away every sentence that you don't need. I try, I, I still am somewhat repetitive, but I try not to be. I try to, you know, get rid of that because I think that for me, intensity comes from, you know, sharp, clear, concrete, specific moments. Mm -hmm. So I try to have as many of those in a work as I can. I love that. Well, the time now, and you don't have to really answer this, but we are divided in a way, perhaps the most like this period of time in your book than has happened since. And it's almost encouraging that you <laughs> know that that was a, a phase. You know, every everything that happens, people are like, oh no, well, that happened in like the 70s. And like, no, no, don't worry. That happened in the 40s. And then this happened. Da, 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 da. So this current environment of such sort of bifurcation and hostility between groups and all of that, do you have a different sort of outlook on it, having recently been living in your head in this period of time again? You know, I, I guess my biggest takeaway is the sadness and the sorrow I feel that we don't learn. Mm. And, you know, that history continues to teach us the same lessons. You know, I had this same sense when I was writing The Nightingale. You know, World War II felt, you know, distant memory. And then all of a sudden, things in the world made me think, you know, this isn't this isn't so far away anymore. And we need to sort of pay attention. And that's what I mean about hopefully this combination of something can create both awareness and and empathy. Because where we've gotten now, and I do think this is very close to where we were in the 60s between, you know, the the factions and and people just stop listening to each other. The difference is now I think all of that is on steroids because the media has changed and the trust in the media has changed and social media is is in many ways tearing us apart and and marginalizing us into you know smaller and smaller groups. So I guess my hope is that we as humans have always figured out a way to come back from this in some way and and hopefully you know we are on the brink of that because we're in trouble. Yeah. So which time period are you going to go to next? Oh. <laughs> where are you going to take us? Where where can I prepare to go in, what, two years or something? If you got an idea, raise your hand, because <laughs> I don't know. You know, the women turns out to have been such a meaningful book for me and something that I'm so proud of for a lot of the reasons that we're talking about, mostly because I just think it speaks to so many things that are happening today that I think need to change on, mm -hmm. on a lot of levels. And I'm speaking to a crowd, especially, you know, the Vietnam veterans and their families who we are losing. Mm -hmm. You know, when I went to Vietnam, a lot of these nurses and a lot of the Vietnam era vets 
are dying. You know, there's Agent Orange, there's cancer, there's suicide. You know, there's all of the things that go along with the trauma that comes from having been to war, which was then compounded by a society that did not value that mm-hmm. service, right? Mm-hmm. And so so when you take all that on and you, you know, you write a book that you feel really kind of sticks the landing, which is, you know, not common, I don't think, to write a book that feels like at least 90% what you wanted it to be. It's hard to find something, you know, I'm like everybody else. Well, okay, the next book needs to be better. And I can't really figure out at the moment how to do that. So maybe I'll go back to fantasy or horror. Maybe you need to write a memoir. (laughs) Well, you've done that. How is it? I mean, I found it much easier than writing fiction. Okay, I mean, you, you, it, it happens. So you, fiction, it's endless possibilities. This could happen, that could <laughs> well, happen. I don't know. I can't make up my mind. Should I even write this book? Should I write that book? No, it's like, this is my life. This is what I have to choose from. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good idea, right? Okay, I'll think about that. Yeah, give it a try, you know, experiment. <laughs> okay, last thing, advice for aspiring authors. And I know you said some earlier in our conversation, but you know, you know, I think we are living in such a great time uh, for new voices. And I think we are open in a way to debut authors and formerly marginalized stories and stories from women in a way that we haven't been in a long time. I think there are a lot of avenues for publication now, like you, you know, there's and there's all kinds of you know, there aren't just the big five. There's all kinds of ways to get your story out there. So given that, I think sometimes it's really easy to think, well, anything can be published. Mm. And the bottom line is that if this is what you want to do, then begin it. I mean, begin writing and and set a routine and start studying and write all day, every day and commit to it and understand when you go in that it may be years before you know it it pays off but even if nothing ever happens the journey of writing itself is so cathartic and and heart expanding that it is it's a wonderful pursuit and whether it's a journal a memoir a fiction kids book whatever if you dream it begin it love it See, and you leave us on this inspiring note. You wrap it all up. It's perfect. <laughs> well done. Uh, well, Kristen, I'm really excited for you. I mean, sticking the landing, that's such a great way to think about, you know, again, a visual, right? Look at that. Like, we know exactly what you mean. You know, it's immersive and emotional. And, you know, that's why I felt like you know, it's so sweeping. How could it only be, a, a, you know, feel like it's like an impossible feat to do in just a couple of years. So anyway, congratulations. Really excited for you and for all the success to come and all of that. Thank you so much. This is my first real conversation about the women. So oh. I'm excited and thanks for everything that you do for me and for all writers and good luck to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Kristen. All right. Bye, <laughs> Take, care. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com